Learning to ride a bike without training wheels is just like listening to the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Medicare podcast inspired by Heavy Rescue 401. Wondering which earbud goes where, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting, thrill-packed episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. This is your host and Medicare expert, or at least Medicare specialist, Doug Jones. I'm pretty sure that my Canadian nephew, Drew McMillan, told you who I was going to be. But, you know, somebody else could have slipped in here and be using my identity. So let's make sure as we listen to this podcast episode that we're getting quality Medicare advice and information. Uh, if you have questions, of course, always contact us to to see if, in fact, you were lied to or if you got the straight skinny. Anyway, I like to help people feel good about their impending encounter with Medicare. And that's why a lot of people listen to us because they've got Medicare coming up and they think, okay, this podcast is going to teach me everything I need to know about Medicare. Well, that's impossible, ladies and gentlemen. So basically what we do is encourage people to purchase my book, which can teach you everything you need to know about Medicare in a very short period of time. So if you go to barnesandnoble.com or if you go to amazon.com and type Medicare for the lazy man 2023 into the search window, you're going to find a book that's reasonably priced and that is written with you in mind because you probably don't want to spend the rest of your life reading a massive research book about Medicare. You probably want to cut right to the chase. What do I need to know? How quickly can I gather that information and how quickly can I use it so that I never have to think about this stupid Medicare again? Well, that's what my book does for you. It's a painless way to get you headed in the right direction for your Medicare encounter. And if you're one of these people that really enjoys the whole process of studying and um, uh, showing other people how serious you are about uh, the subject of Medicare, I would suggest going right to the $22 hardcover version of the book, Medicare for the Lazy Man, because when you or when that arrives at your house, you're going to have a possession that not only will be handed down from one generation to the next because it's so beautifully crafted and so durable, but it'll be something to show off to your friends and neighbors, and they'll all be in awe of your uh, excellent selection. So Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. And speaking of uh, things that will go down for generations, uh, here's Randy Carson. He has uh, already had many generations in his family, and he's uh, he's enjoying the uh, onset of the next generation. They're all little tiny guys, though, aren't they? They are. I've got three grandkids, and the oldest just started first grade. Okay. So grandpa's got a long time ahead of him. Yeah, you're going to be in the rocking chair on the old folks home, on the porch of the old folks home. When he graduates from college, he's going to have to actually bring his his cap and gown and, and uh, Show diploma to, to you. Yeah, exactly. 
or it could be one of these things. Now, I, I hate to admit it, but I when I was a little tiny, and I only rem- remember just a very, very few times, but when I was first born and when I was, you know, to the point that maybe I was two, three, maybe four, where I could actually remember, my great-grandfather was still alive. Uh, and I was scared to death of him. Wow. Uh, uh, why? Was he uh, threatening in some way? Uh, he was not threatening, but I didn't know of anybody else in my family other than him. I had never seen it to uh, have a great big old bushy beard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. And I was, I was terrified of the guy and I, and I, I'm, a, I'm ashamed of it, but that's the way it was. Wow. That's interesting. I had, I met my great grandfather, my mother's grandfather. Uh, right at the end of his life and his wife's life. I remember visiting him in their home in Farmer City, Illinois, and um, they were really, really old, and they were both upstairs in a bedroom, and their son, one of their sons, uh, my grandfather, uh, brought me there to visit them to say hello and everything, and I don't think I ever heard about him again. I'm sure they both died right after that encounter. So, uh, as you know, most of the male ancestors that I have had have dropped dead at very early ages. So, uh, those two lasted longer than, uh, most in my family anyway. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I actually, I believe like sometimes in some families the the back in the generations, there, there was some pretty good stock going on there. Definitely. I mean, most of my family in terms of that longevity concept of uh they're generally in the high 90s early 100s i mean they're they're just they're they're around forever well i didn't mean to imply all of my ancestors dropped out only the males the females the women lived to be really old and really insane well doggone it that wouldn't (laughs) be good no, it wasn't good. And frankly, it was interesting. Uh, once I, I became a psychology major, it was kind of interesting. Uh, for instance, my grandmother and her sister, if you got those two in the same room, the difference between them was very apparent because my grandmother, who had Alzheimer's, I'm sure, was hell on wheels. Everything yeah. constantly going, 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 going. She was, if she wasn't walking her dog for the 10th time that hour, she was um, calling the number she had memorized for American airlines and making plane reservations to leave my parents home because she, she has her own home in Arizona by golly. And so apparently the American airlines flew a lot of empty seats to Phoenix from (laughs) O'Hare, but yet her sister who had married a bank executive. And uh, you know, when he retired, he, he just hung around with his wife all the time because she was so pleasant and happy. She was crazy as a loon, but basically all you'd have to do is say, what a beautiful day. And she would repeat that thought the rest of the day, about every 10 minutes. Isn't it a beautiful day? And just happy and smiling. The two sisters were complete opposites when it came to their craziness. Totally opposite ends of the spectrum. That's interesting. Speaking of opposites, uh, we had a very thick uh, document from the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and we discovered that some of them were not controlling and preventing diseases, but they were trying to change the English language in such a way that we would all be woke and we would all sound like dopes. And so we had fun with that for a few weeks, uh, uh, taking elements out of that script, that uh, uh 
that's paper that they wrote, those instructions for use of the English language. So I ran across something else that I thought might be entertaining, kind of a question and answer thing for agents that uh, have to take into account the new rules that the CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, has come up with in an effort to fight off those companies that hire uh, Joe, uh, whatchamacallit, and and uh, Jimmy J.J. Walker and uh, those guys that are on the TV during uh, open enrollment, trying to get people just to call that 800 number. Just call that number. Get what you deserve and all that stuff. And so I've got a whole question and answer thing that I thought might be interesting. And I know that when I sent it to you, you saw the title of it and <laughs> slammed your computer shut. <laughs> so I don't think you've had a chance to review it, but I thought. Well, you're right. I looked at the title and I'm going, what is this? I've got a big Medicare attachment here. It looks like it's way, way more information than I ever wanted to know. But now that under. Now that I understand what Doug intends to do with it, I'm good. I know you thought it was a virus or something, and you were prepared to use a fire hose on the computer. But uh, Well, here. I think it was even worse than that. I thought maybe <laughs> you had gone to the dark side. Well, as it turns out, I haven't. I just like to flirt with the dark side every once in a while so I can <laughs> warn other people what it's like over there. Stay away from the dark side. But here is the first of many questions, <clears throat> question and answer. Uh Frequently asked questions about the new rules that agents have to live with. And boy, is this thing thick. I have an idea that most agents are not going to know, understand, or comply with any of these rules, but uh, it'll be fun to find out. So the first question has to do with the scope of appointment. And uh, because Randy didn't do his homework, he's not asking me. I'm going to ask him, when is a scope of appointment required? Randy, can you fill us in on that? My guess is, is if the government had anything to do with this, that a scope of appointment is necessary before you touch base with any potential Medicare Advantage client. Well, I'm proud of you. That's really, really good. It's um, a document that gives you permission to talk to them. Uh, because frankly, if you don't have a signed permission document, then you are too frightening and too scary, and you could just lead them down the wrong path and make them buy all kinds of things that they don't want to buy. So, you mean like they normally used to? Well, there you go. So the government has a document called a scope of appointment, and before they talk to you, you're supposed to sign, and you check the boxes for the various types of subjects that you might want to address during that talk. And if they haven't checked the box, say, about insurance, you can't talk about insurance to that uh, prospect. You've got to have a new scope of appointment with that box checked and signatures affixed, and it's just insane. How long before you have the conversation with the client? 48 hours. Oh my God, I'm lo I'm loving this, Doug. I'm loving this. I I did think of a question they could put on there. And what's that? One of the things I would like to discuss with you today uh -huh. is how to pour Guinness appropriately. <laughs> that may be deeper in this document that I've got here. I'll I'll scan it and see if that's a, a question that's asked. But on the actual scope of appointment, 
I doubt that we're going to find any Guinness or or uh, recreational questions at all. But let me read the answer here that they were hoping you would have. And the question is, when is a scope of appointment required? The scope of appointment, shortened to SOA, must be documented for all personal marketing appointments, regardless of location, venue, or mechanism. That means in-person, telephonic, or electronic. The following components must be documented at least 48 hours prior to the appointment. Here are the components. The product types to be discussed, the date of the appointment, the beneficiary, that means the uh, the person who is on Medicare, and the agent contact information. There has to be a statement saying no obligation to enroll current or future Medicare enrollment status will not be impacted and automatic enrollment will not occur. That statement has to be on that form. And then everybody has to sign it. And then 48 hours later, that agent comes knocking on your door and says, hey, remember that that form you signed? Assuming you remember the form that you signed, uh, then he now has permission to chit chat with you about whatever is on the form that you gave him permission to talk about. So that's the first question of many, many uh, frequently asked questions about the new regulations. So uh, perhaps next time you will be asking me one of the questions from that list. I will. Oh, I, I, so how many is there? How many questions? I didn't ask. It's just uh, my printer was cranking out two-sided pages for what seemed like an hour. So it's so a it's, lot. It's like a Sears and Roebuck catalog. This is why I said I don't think any agent in their right mind is going to memorize, much less follow all of these rules. But people in the audience who are approached by Medicare Advantage agents, they'll understand the rules being broken by those Medicare Advantage agents. If they're not given a scope of appointment to sign and then 48 hours revisited by that same agent, then they'll know that that's a rule violation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When they walk in the, you know, when they walk onto the porch and they haven't done the scope of appointment sure. 48 hours in advance, you can say, here, Mr. I don't know, Henry um, Madison. Okay. Let, let me introduce you to my attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, the interesting thing is that the CMS pays or they actually they force the insurance companies to pay for secret shoppers to uh, trick the agents into thinking they're dealing with a prospect and uh, they bust them if they don't follow all the rules because they go back and report. Well, the weird thing is that we're paying for that in our insurance premiums. I know. I know. So, okay. Part of that same whole genre, I discovered an article that I thought might be interesting as long as we're on that subject of Medicare Advantage sales. And as long as we are uh, very close to, if not directly in, the annual AEP, annual election period or open enrollment, then I discovered a little article written uh, on behalf of an insurance company that I do business with called Helpful Tips for Conducting a Successful Sales Appointment. And Randy, is uh, he's just turned his microphone off, and I think he's getting ready for a nap over there, and I don't blame him. Because if you are the victim of a Medicare Advantage insurance salesman who manages to buttonhole you, these are the things that he is going to have to uh, address during a successful sales appointment. When conducting a sales appointment to sell Medicare Advantage plans, be sure to cover the following topics. Use only marketing materials, sales presentations, and documents that have been approved by the insurance company 
and by the federal government. Uh, agents and brokers are expected to present all of this information to consumers in an understandable format. That's the, the other problem. How do you take this government bourgeois and make it understandable to the average um, Medicare recipient? So it goes on to say, this is a guide for broker and agent reference only and is not approved for public distribution or for use as a presentation script. And so that means I'm not supposed to be doing this right now, but what the heck? Uh, the odds that they're going to actually come and arrest me are, I would say, low uh, because they have other more uh, egregious uh, people who are out there breaking the rules. I don't think they really have time for me. Uh, so the introduction of your sales appointment, when you've buttonholed somebody, you've made them sign that scope of appointment, and you have waited 48 hours because that's the rule. You have make them sign the scope of appointment, attesting to what things you're going to uh, have permission to talk about. And then you have to go away for 48 hours. And then when you come back, you have the introductory part of your meeting with this um, Medicare recipient, during which you confirm receipt of a completed scope of appointment 48 hours ago. You provide your name, the company you represent, and your contact information. Now, you can hand them a business card, and that that part is uh, taken care of. And then you, un- you have to inquire. You have to ask your prospect about legal or authorized representatives. In other words, do you have anybody that you want to sit in on this appointment because you might be losing your marbles and uh, you need some help that's uh, more competent than you are? So the next segment is disclosure information. You have to say that the plans offered uh, are offered under contract with the federal government, and that contract is renewed annually. You have to say that plan benefits are subject to change annually. That's one of the bad things about Medicare Advantage plans. If you buy it now, it may not be uh, a year or two from now. It may not be a plan that you would have bought, and you're going to have to do more research, sit around with some of these dopes that sell these plans, and pick a different one out of all the ones that are available. You have to, uh, the disclosure information should include that the presenter is a state licensed insurance agent and that the presenter does not represent Medicare, the Social Security Administration, or any branch of the federal or state government. You have to tell your prospect all of that. Medicare overview, explain the four parts of Medicare, parts A, B, C, and D. Explain how a Medicare Advantage plan differs from original Medicare and Medicare supplements. You have to explain that the plan will be responsible for covered medical services and prescription drugs, if applicable, if if there is drug coverage in the plan you're talking about. And Medicare Advantage plan changes result in automatic disenrollment from other Medicare Advantage and Part D plans. Eligibility requirements, you have to go through all of those. Uh, For Medicare Advantage plans, Medicare Parts A and B, you have to have Medicare Parts A and B before you can have a Medicare Advantage plan. Then they take away Medicare Parts A and B from you. Uh, For prescription drug plans, you have to have Medicare Parts A and or B. You must continue to pay your Medicare Part B premium even though they're taking Medicare Parts A and B away from you. You must maintain residency within the plan service area for at least six months per year. Additional special needs plans. You have to tell them about the special needs plans for people that are on welfare or for people that have chronic diseases. You have to explain 
all these other plans, even if your prospect doesn't have those uh, medical problems or financial problems. And then it says, note, eligibility, including the Medicare beneficiary uh, number and the Social Security number or other personally identifiable information is never required to provide a beneficiary with plan benefit details. So if somebody asks for your social security number or your Medicare number first, you don't have to give it to them. Just say, keep talking to me, buddy, because you're so interesting. So when you're selling a, um, a plan for, it's called a DSNP, a dual needs, special needs plan, that's for people who are on welfare. And uh, they have both welfare and they have Medicare. So you have to explain the eligibility requirements. You have to verify eligibility for that plan by getting on your computer and checking out their um, their qualifications, or you can call an 800 number. You have to verify if the member is currently covered by a Medicaid plan with the same company that you're selling. Uh, you have to explain additional healthcare management requirements and on and on and on. Um or when selling uh, a special plan for chronic uh, conditions, you have to explain the chronic conditions eligibility requirements. You have to explain additional healthcare management requirements governed by federal regulation for CSNP, that's uh, chronic special needs plan members. And that goes on and on and on. Now, if you're still awake, then you get into enrollment periods. You have to provide an overview of the election periods and time frames that, that uh, Medicare eligibles may enroll in or disenroll from Medicare Advantage plans. And here are some examples. ICEP, you have to know what that is. AEP, SEP, and MAOEP. Note, dual eligible slash LIS SEP may now only be used during uh, once during each of the three calendar quarters annually. FEMA and state of emergency SEP enrollments requires the beneficiary to have been eligible for another valid election period and to have missed making an election due to the stated emergency. Are we having fun yet, Randy? Randy is... Um, his head was resting on his pillow on his desk. I didn't know he had a pillow within reach. And we still oh, have is two. It, is it, are we there yet? We still have two pages to go. So, <laughs> you know, if, the, if the, those crickets are uh, getting anxious, you tell them to relax because we got some time here. Health plan costs. You have to explain the requirement for payment of Medicare Part B plus any premium that the plan you buy will charge you. Review the plan documents. Or the plan deductibles, co-payments, co-insurance, and maximum out-of-pocket limits, which is shortened to MOOP. You have to explain the MOOP, maximum out-of-pocket. Explain the PPO and the POS, which normally would stand for piece of uh, doo-doo, but in this case, it's POS is point of service, in-network and out-of-network costs. You have to explain the late enrollment penalty that's imposed by the government if creditable coverage is not maintained. And you have to explain the low-income subsidy. Then you go to benefits slash plan information. Provide and review the contents of the enrollment guide, the pre-enrollment kit. By this point, the person you're talking to is probably trying to commit Harry Carey because I don't think anybody ever wants to listen to all of this stuff, but you as the agent have to be concerned. What if this is a secret shopper that's going to turn you in for not touching all of these items of information? So you keep going, you keep plowing through. 
Mr. Yeah. Madison, put that rope down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Why did you throw that rope over the beam? Why do you have a noose tied to? The- <laughs> Why are you trying to get me to pull the end of it? Uh, so you have to present and explain the summary of benefits. Oh my God, I don't even do that, and I, you know, I should know it. I'm a an expert. You have to discuss the plan's current overall star ratings. You have to cover the CMS required list of topics and questions. You have to explain covered services, cost sharing, explain any optional supplemental benefits, dental, vision, etc. Uh, those benefits and costs you have to explain. Explain appeals, grievances, prior authorizations, and referral processes. So basically, you have to tell them how you're going to sue them for non-performance if you're unhappy with their uh, their plan performance. Uh, now, network information. Well, you know, all these plans have networks, and that's one of the big objections I have. You can't just go to any doctor or provider. You have to get their list of providers out and look for one that you would find satisfactory to go visit. And how are you going to know that up front? So network information that you have to explain. If for HMOs, you have to explain that only the network contracted doctors may be seen. Otherwise, they're not going to pay squat for your uh, benefits. You have to verify that all of the the uh, person's current physicians participate in the plan and are in network. And if I find out that you've got a doctor that you really like very much who is not in the network, I guess it's my job to talk you into taking a different plan or maybe taking a different doctor. And I don't see that as a real positive outcome for people uh, who sign up for Medicare Advantage plan. And so I believe what happens is that maybe that little subject gets overlooked occasionally and people sign up for a plan that does not pay for their family or their favorite doctor to be uh, seen by them. Uh, Just another source of disappointment that people will find with Medicare Advantage plans. Um, Okay, PPO. Let's suppose it's a Medicare Advantage PPO plan, which has a little bit more freedom. You can go see other doctors if you want, and they'll pay part of the cost. Not much of the cost, but they'll pay part of the cost. You have to explain that out-of-network care may result in higher health care costs. You have to explain that out-of-network health care providers are not obligated to accept the plan. You may uh, You have to share that a primary care physician is encouraged. In other words, you have to to sign up with a primary care physician. They encourage you to do that, but it's not mandatory. And you have to explain the referral process. Uh, if you're an agent and you're uh, having a sales uh, call with somebody, you have to um, explain. If it's a point of service plan, you have to share that a uh, primary care physician is required under that particular type of plan. You have to tell your client, you pick a doctor right now. I'm not going to leave this house until you do. You have to explain that an out-of-network care may result in higher health care costs, as usual, and you have to explain the referral process again. Now, let's suppose the plan includes prescription drug coverage. You have to explain prescription drug coverage, explain what it is, prior authorizations, tiers, quantity limits, transition fills, and step therapy. You have to explain all of that if the person's still awake. 
if they haven't uh, uh, committed Harry Carey by this time. Uh, you also have to explain stages of drug coverage. Uh, for example, the, gover- the coverage gap, you have to explain that sort of thing. You have to explain any applicable uh, low-income subsidy cost reductions for co-pays and premiums. You have to review the Part D deductible co-pays and co-insurance. You have to explain how to look up drugs and drug pricing. You have to explain annual out-of-pocket limits. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's getting getting really exciting now. The enrollment process, you have to complete the eligibility for enrollment period section of the enrollment form and review the pre-enrollment checklist. So you got to go over the pre-enrollment checklist before you actually do the enrollment. You have to explain the quarterly limitation on dual eligible slash low income subsidy special enrollment plan, a special enrollment period, if applicable. Well, geez, I can't even say it, much less determine whether it's applicable. You have to verify the uh, primary care physician selection prior to entering it in the provider information section of the enrollment form. Note, verify that the primary care physician is in network for the plan. If an out-of-network primary care physician is selected, or if no designation is made, an in-network doctor will be assigned to your client. That client won't have any choice. If you screw up on that, then the client gets stuck with a doctor that they probably never heard of. You have to explain that the enrollee must cancel any employer group or Medicare supplement plan if they have that. You have to explain cancellation and disenrollment procedures. You have to explain when the member should expect to receive their new ID card and post-enrollment materials. You have to confirm the plan, plan type, selection, and the intent to enroll prior to accepting the completed enrollment form. You have to explain premium payment options, including electronic payments. You have to provide a copy of the completed application to the beneficiary or explain how it may be maintained or obtained. You have to, uh, let's see, uh, the enrollment applications and scopes of appointment must be submitted no later than one calendar day following the receipt from the beneficiaries. Note, Should additional information be required to complete the enrollment process, both the broker and the member will receive notification from the health plan. And finally, the last section is protecting our members' privacy. Do not leave your book of business in an unattended laptop bag. Don't forget to secure emails that contain personal health information. Never leave laptops, personal health information, or uh, whatever, in an unattended vehicle. Do not include personal health information in the subject line or in the body of an email. Shred documents that contain personal health information using appropriate means. Do not download or save copies of the application. This is a potential security risk. Once the application is submitted to the health plan, it becomes the property of the health plan. Enrollment material information is maintained and available in the appropriate applicable systems. Immediately report any data, privacy, or security incidents involving member personal health information to the appropriate payor. And finally, explain that the member may opt out of both written and verbal communications at any time by contacting member services or by 
blowing away the person who has just wasted about three hours of your time uh, with the uh, largest caliber weapon at their disposal. How or is you that? Can ask, or you can ask your friend to trip that trip that freaking door at the bottom of this. <laughs> yep, it's uh, there are many ways to get out of it, but none of them involve enjoyment or uh, you know deriving satisfaction. And this, these are people giving us. <clears throat> information about how to secure your information in an electronic age from a from a basically from a government that in portions of the government is still using floppy disks okay well absolutely and you wonder why uh, uh, primitive peoples in Africa are able to hack into uh, computer systems in you know the United States and sophisticated countries it's because right. they've got a lot of weak points there your yeah. personal health information is not going to be too private. No, 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 no. Well, you know something? I did enjoy that because I have got to tell you, Doug, that I have always been tremendously against Medicare Advantage plans. But as this has reinforced that? <laughs> this is, is, is entirely reinforced. It, uh, and I think it just makes it even stronger that my that my name that I've given it, at least in my head, Medicrap, I think that is absolutely deserved because bottom line is no human is going to be able to sit through one of these appointments anyway. <laughs> what happens? What is there a part in that in that brochure that you were referring to? What if your customer drops over dead before you get to the end of the questionnaire? You you've got to prop them up and keep going. You cannot skip <laughs> any of the required steps, or else the government's going to come and get you. Well, you know, I have got to tell you, Doug, this was an eye opener. I I really, really don't think anybody wants to get re anywhere in the next neighborhood to a Medicare zombie. I know I wouldn't. It's really bad. I mean, this is terrible. <laughs> well, uh, fortunately, most people survive it. And I think that's because these agents don't follow the rules. I believe that uh, they make it short, sweet, and to the point, and they get out before they're thrown out. Well, plus, the other thing that'll give them a little bit of pause is that they're secret shoppers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's That makes them keep at it. That makes them keep their nose to the grindstone. Wait, don't leave yet. I've got to read more of this stuff to you. <laughs> That's right. I, I'm my, my blood sugar is getting low, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's re relieve the audience and let them get out of here before uh, they all run to the bathroom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that, it's a good episode, Doug. I, I, I'm just teasing you. I I thought it was very, very useful. Well, but I'm glad to hear it. Before we let everybody go home, there's a couple things I always like to do. You can reach Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com if you want to send him an email. Doug is licensed nationwide to sell Medicare supplement plans. You can check us out at medicareforthelazyman.com. We would appreciate you finding a place to give us a couple reviews, one on the podcast and one on the book. They don't have to be long. I like the podcast and I love the book. That's all it has to be. Yeah. And last good. but not least, we need to tell you thank you because you could have been 100 different places doing 99 different things, but you weren't. You were with us spending some quality time learning about Medicare. And that is very important in today's world. You've actually spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more living up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona, in his fortress of solitude. 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna be easy today. Usually I put him way up above the oxygen level, but I'm gonna put him down at 6,600 feet today. Survival. I appreciate it. Thank you, Randy, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye bye. <laughs>